becomes a goat because God's in control of all this. I was, I was talking to Helen and, and we were just, just before I came up here and, and you remember Y2K? Everything was going to fall apart. The world was going to come to a screeching halt. If you had a power drill, that, this is the one that just absolutely slayed me. If you had one, a, a cordless power drill on, on January 1st of 2000, that power drill would no longer work. And the reason it no longer works is because you didn't plug the stupid thing in. It had nothing to do with the time. A new millennium. Well, it's kind of like John the Baptist was, was like the, the, the best man to the group. And, and marriages are uh, doing, doing weddings kind of fun. I'd rather, personally, I'd rather do a funeral. And that sounds kind of dark and, and weird. But uh, there's, there's usually no critics. <laughs> but, but at a funeral, at a wedding, John the Baptist was the best man. Jesus quotes Malachi when he describes John the Baptist. Uh, Malachi 3.1 says, Look, I'm sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. And he's talking about Jesus. The messenger of the covenant whom you so look for, looked for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. That was John the Baptist. It's a description of the best man's role in a Jewish wedding. The best man went ahead of the groom. He announced the groom's arrival and made sure everything and everyone was ready for a week-long festivity. Yeah, so, so is, oh, Craig's downstairs. But, you know, he's got something to look for, forward to. Uh, a week of, of partying, and he's got to pay for it. <laughs> Jesus tells a parable in Matthew 25 that helps us understand this. He says, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. And the five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. So when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I did that in, in uh, Bible study this morning. I, I've got this new uh, gabapentin drug that's kind of got me woozy. And I sat down and, and uh, uh, I, was, I was sitting close to Craig and nobody had wake me up. And then, yeah, I, I, was, I was. I was out. And then, then they said hallelujah and I woke up and everybody clapped. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps, and the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some, oil, some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But when they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready to went in with him in the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. This is... This is a, a prophetic pronouncement of Jesus Christ looking at the world. Those of the bridesmaids, the five wise, uh, uh, maids were, uh, represent those who, who follow Jesus Christ. For you do not know the day or hour of my turn. You must keep watch. So John the Baptist was crying, was one crying out, here's the bridegroom, come to meet him. Wake up! Wake up! He's here. Are you ready to meet him? So, so as, as goats, the greatest of all time, 
Each of us heard the call of Jesus. Wake up. And we are ready to meet him. I, I, every day, you know, I don't, I know some, some people say, but I just can't wait till the Lord takes me home. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the Lord to take me home, but I'm enjoying what he's doing with me down here. And when I'm no longer doing what he wants me to do, he's going to take me home. This parable is prophetic in nature and as such has, has a near and far fulfillment. The, the Jews were waiting for the arrival of the Messiah. Jesus, they were waiting for him. We, the church, await the promised return of Jesus Christ. He's coming back. He's coming back. John was the best man that came for the purpose of announcing Jesus as the Messiah. And the church is to play that role. The, the, the church is, 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 is announcing Jesus' second coming, but John the Baptist held his revival meetings in a wilderness of Judea. He was a character. This guy, was a, he was a preacher's preacher, dressed in, in, in a hairy uh, tunic, and he ate locusts. Uh, I think that anybody that could eat locusts on, on a steady diet is a pretty bad guy. His message was repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And Matthew 3 gives us first-hand view, a first-hand view of Jesus, best man. And, and he's talking about the prophet Isaiah. And, and it, in uh, uh, John's clothes, and this is verse 4, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. Uh, my grandson-in-law uh, works for a bee, play, a honey place over in... in uh, Hillsborough, and uh, they're talking last night about all the different flavors of honey. But people from all over Ju Jerusalem and from all Judea, all over, went to the Jordan Valley to see and hear John. And when he, they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw how many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, snakes. These weren't the good snakes, Dwayne. These were bad, evil snakes. You would want to eat these guys. Who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sin and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're saved. For we, the descendants of Abraham, that means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown in the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone, someone is coming soon who's greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. He's a very humble man. He's a goat. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never That's prophecy of those who are without Christ, what's going to happen to them. Knocking at the door, let me in, let me in. And he says, get away from here, I don't know you. Wheat brings in chaff on fire. And that's what's going to happen to those without Christ. They're going to come to a place 
when Jesus comes back and there's the judgment and those who don't know Jesus are going to be cast into the lake of fire that's, that's the prophecy in Revelation so he wasn't a guy dressed in fine clothes he was a prophet he was the preacher sent to prepare the way for the Messiah and the greatest purpose done by the greatest man and all the people who heard Jesus' word responded. It says, they even heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors. And they were kind of the scourge of the, of the land back then. Agreed that God's way was right for they had been baptized by, the, by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them. For they refused John's baptism. We don't need it. We aren't going to have it. You're, 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 you're a phony. You're a fake. You can accept God's purpose or reject his purpose. You can be ready when the groom shows up or not. It's your choice. You don't have to listen even if the preacher is dressed in camel hair and leather and has his spirit of Elijah. Tax collectors and sinners recognize the need for repentance. The religious folks, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, rejected it overwhelmingly. And religious people seem to really hate it when you make Jesus more important than tradition. Denominations all over the world have stuff that almost becomes a point of worship rather than Jesus Christ. They say, well, Jesus was a good man. He was a capable teacher. But he's not the Messiah. John came and he had a message and they came out just to observe and evaluate. So they, they got their eye on this guy. Luke says, when the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, you brood of snakes, who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sin and turned to God. And that's, that's a message to us too. Message to me. Prove the way if you truly have repented, prove the way that you live. How are we living? We had a, a conference, a Southern Baptist conference yesterday. Some of the guys came. And uh, the pastor of the First, First Baptist, First Southern Baptist here in Topeka, did a, uh, a, a thing about uh, evangelizing your neighbors. And he made it, a, he, I, I'm going to get it, and, and uh, I think we're going to, as, as a leadership team, we're going to evaluate doing that because it's, it's so simple. And it's talking. It's talking. And that's what we have been called to do. Nothing, nothing that there's no formula, there's no, there's no secret way, there's no best way of reaching people other than talking, tell your story. John wasn't afraid to fulfill his purpose, whether the audience was blue-collar or royalty. No wonder Jesus said that he was the greatest of all time. John wasn't just bold and courageous in fulfilling his purpose. So the second point here is John the goat became nothing so that Jesus could be everything. John is nothing. So Jesus could be everything. And, and the huge crowds were coming, and, and it, it was revival time in the wilderness. People went out to him from, from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And, and John not only drew crowds, but respond, they responded to his message. And, and it would have been super easy to start thinking, hey, I'm really, I'm, I'm really you know, all that in a bag of chips. 
Many in the crowd even voiced the thought, is he the Messiah? So, so what was Jesus, what was John the Baptist's answer to all this? See, we talk about revival. And some of you have been, and I've been, I've been in a, in a revival. I talked about that before. In fact, I even preached a revival. And it's, here, it's supposed to be, here's this, this guy that gets you all charged up and, and will we'll get everybody in the crowd to come forward for something. And my, my conviction is that revival begins inside of us. We want a revival, it's me, it's you. John the Baptist showed us how to do it. It's not hiring some guy for two weeks to come and play an accordion or a fiddle or, or a guitar and, and, and do gospel magic or whatever gimmick they've got to get your attention and then have you come forward. And then he leaves town, cashes the check, and things go back to the way they were. That's not revival. And that's what G John the Baptist was saying. His answer to their thought was everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. Verse 16, John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be the slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He not only, John not only knew what his purpose was, he knew what Jesus' purpose was. Do you? Do you know what your purpose in life is today? Why are you here? Well, I'm a this. Well, I'm a that. Well, I do this. And I do that. But is that truly your purpose? What is it that Jesus has put on you to say, this is what I want you to do for your life? People are talking all the time about the will of God. And, and it's somehow it's, it's mysterious. But, but it's not. If you read Romans 12, 1 and 2, that tells you what the will of God is for your life. Obey Him. Follow Him. Keep His commandments. So that's that the will of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now, what we're talking about here is, is what's your assignment? I've had a lot of assignments in my life. I was assigned to be a, uh, a student in a Bible college. That assignment changed and I, I became a youth pastor. That was my assignment. The assignment changed. And I, I finished school and I went down and there was a period of, of seven years where I, I did nothing. I was just, I was just dormant. I, I worked in the collection agency. I worked as a uh, repo man or the bank and, and in, uh, in a uh, finance company and then I got a different job in the bank and then I went to work for a, uh, a uh, ag company and uh, repoing tractors so the, you know, the job was the same it's just bigger stuff to pick up and and those were assignments all the while I knew who I was I knew I, I, I worked in, in a church and then God changed my assignment again we became Awana missionaries. So for 20 years we worked with Awana and God changed my assignment again and here I am. My understanding of God's will for me is to, to obey Him 
understanding that my assignment today is to be your pastor. When in the midst of revival of these huge crowds, he doesn't get full of himself. He says, I'm not worthy to carry your shoes. Have you ever thought of yourself as a goat? Probably not. In fact, it can be rather unflattering terms. They, they talk about uh, those of us who are in, say, the autumn years of our life. And we still operate like it was 1969. And they say, wow, that's you know, an old goat. Or, or you get upset and you really get my goat. How about the guy that says, you goats to be kidding me. You know, it, it's... it's that goat isn't always a positive thing. Let me tell you, you are a goat. The greatest of all time because you're fulfilling the will of God and magnifying the Lord. And, and when we get smaller and Jesus gets bigger, the world sees who needs, needs to see. In the midst of the revival, Jesus comes out to the Jordan for John to baptize him. And, and, and John the Baptist tries to talk him out of it. John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. And he said, so why are you coming to me? Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Him. So John baptized him. And Jesus assured John in this way that he's fit, fitting, is, it, that is fitting, and went on to explain to John that his baptism was important for, for both of their ministries. And for us to fit, fulfill what we need to be doing and, and showing God's righteousness in that. God's plan was, was to be perfectly fulfilled and it was necessary for Jesus to be baptized by this man, this prophet, the goat. Well, it didn't, it didn't just end there. As a, as a way of, 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 God, of God putting his stamp of approval on Jesus and on John in Matthew... It's uh, three sixteen through seventeen. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from the heavens said, "This is my dearly beloved Son, who brings me great joy." So John, the goat, witnessed true greatness in his affirmation from God the Father. That's why Jesus in his text says, "Yet even the least in the person in the uh, John the." I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. None is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. Gary is greater than John the Baptist. Linda, you are a goat greatest of all time greater than John the Baptist each one of us Jelani you're a goat you're a little goat yeah cute little goat greatest of all time and he's simply saying that that the greatest man born here on earth but here is in heaven heaven is a per what is better and that's what it's all about so John is saying that you who have received Christ are going to inherit that gift of eternal have inherited that gift of eternal life and you're coming back and, and you're going to go with when Jesus comes back. You're going to be in heaven. 
the person who just barely makes it to heaven is better than the greatest of all time here on earth. The third, the third thing that I see here is even the best of us get discouraged. Get discouraged. Are you discouraged this morning? A little down. Things aren't quite going quite right. And, and Matthew begins with John the Baptist in prison because he spoke truth to power. He told Herod and Antipas that his relationship with his brother's wife was evil. He killed his brother's wife, so, or, so his, uh, his, his brother-in-law, so he could marry his sister-in-law. He also called on the other evil things that he'd done, and Herod was the Tetrarch put him in prison, and while rotting away, Jesus sends his disciples and asks, was Jesus the Messiah? And Jesus comes back and tells him, go back and, and, and you, you, don't, you don't, aren't looking for what, what, you, what I am or for someone else. Go back and tell John what you've heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, deaf hear, the dead are raised in life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away from me because of me. So he turns to the crowd and he tells them, John the Baptist is the greatest man ever born. And his, his ministry is really hard, especially when Satan loses wicked people who are bent on destroying. He gets wicked people, and those wicked people are going to... Once you are blind, now you can see he's given you the opportunity to share the good news. Jesus' love for down-and-out people in, in desperate need of a Savior. That's why he came. I think we need to remember that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. We're going to be celebrating that pretty soon. The great, that remember that the gospel of grace is for you, is for each of us, and we've got that, and we need to be sharing that. We're, we're in this, this marathon race of faith. And we have to rely upon Jesus alone to ensure we don't stumble at the end of our life. See, I got this this kind of a, of a neuropathy now when they did work on my back, and and my feet when I'm when I'm walking I don't always pick them up, so I trip a lot. And and yesterday at, they they had this extension cord, and I saw it and I said I need to avoid it. Down I went, and and. Uh, preacher buddy of mine picked me up helped me out and and the thing of it is that, that that's that's kind of the life that we live in ministry as a Christian we're on a trip we're gonna fall Satan is going to attack us in all kinds of ways but there's somebody that is going to be ready to pick you up to help you up to dust you off put you on that solid ground and get you going again that person is Jesus Christ and the Literally, but, but he always sends someone to be an encourager. And my desire when I die, I, I tell people that, that uh, I'm going to be cremated. And uh, you know, where your ashes are going to be scattered. I want them to scatter my ashes on the Walmart parking lot because somebody in my family is going to see me at least once a week.
I want when I die that my family and friends and maybe those who aren't family and friends will say of me you finished well oh I want to finish well Jesus said of John the Baptist I tell you the truth all who have li ever lived none is greater than John the Baptist so if John needed assurance from Jesus I know I need it too I want to be a good Let's pray. Father God, kind of an unusual message. I know, I get it. Kind of a, kind of a odd way of talking about personal evangelism. Yeah, God, you've uh, you've given us this wonderful example in John the Baptist of of someone who is there for us to be an example for us. And, and, and you've given us this, this tremendous illustration that we could be like John the Baptist. Not, we don't have to guitar picks or honey or locusts. We don't have to do any of that, but what he's saying is be faithful. Friends, be faithful. Finish well. Father, I, I just thank you for all that you have done and are doing. I pray, Lord, for those who are sick. I ask you that, that as they are, they are at home, maybe fearful. I know Don and Kay are sick. We miss them. I don't see Jerry and Peggy. We miss them. But, Lord, our faithful who are here, I thank you so much for them. I thank you for the, the way they have interacted in my life. Help me to be the goat that I am. I can encourage them to be the goats too. Uh, Lord, I, I, I thank you for each of the people that are here. They're so important to your kingdom. I, I just pray that you would keep them safe. Pray, Lord, for for their lives. I pray that you would help them to be consistent in their life. Pray, Lord, that you would give them the courage and the desire to serve. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, keep them. Pray, Lord, that you would protect them. In their, in their work, in their home. Lord, I pray that, that you would remind them of how very, very much you love them. Lord, these people, these, these goats, we got mama goats and we got baby goats. Yeah, we got some old goats. Lord, you have claimed and told us that we are the greatest of all time. And now as we leave this place, Lord, I thank you for all that you are doing, will do, have done. And Lord, that through it all, that we would become those, those people who finish well. We would become those 
those people who who say you will say to us well done good and faithful servant heirs to the joy thank you Lord bless us and keep us I pray in your son's precious name and for his sake Amen